Heavenly Father, we ask you to help us to hear you today. May our hearts desire the truth. We pray that you will let um, your spirit, O oh Lord, impart to us light and overcome the resistance that may be in us, Lord, to change and to becoming like your son. This morning we pray, teach us and help us understand your way that we may live and have life. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's please be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. For, um, I think, two Sundays now, or three Sundays now, we've been talking about um, sons and bastards. And the reason is that the Bible makes a distinction between the two. And God's interest is that we come into the fullness of sonship. So in Ephesians 4, he says that his goal is that we will all look like Jesus and function or behave and act exactly like him. Hallelujah. Amen. Ephesians 4.13, it says, Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So that is God's intention. Hallelujah. Amen. And there's a process that God takes each of us through to bring us to this point. Because it doesn't happen by accident and doesn't happen automatically. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So in the book of Hebrews chapter 12, we have been looking at some verses there. Hebrews chapter 12 from verse 5. It says, And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaks unto you as unto children. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when you are rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loves, he chasteneth, and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? But if you are without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are you bastards and not sons. So today we want to look at the word chastening in verse 7 and other verses as well, but focus on verse 7, which tells us that we should endure chastening. And this word means training. Hallelujah. 
So it's talking about God's training. There's a way that God trains his children. Which may be different from what we are used to. But Bible says that if he takes you through his training, then he's telling you that you are indeed his child. Hallelujah. Amen. And the question that the Bible asks is that because what child is there whose father does not make the investment to train him or her? Hallelujah. Amen. So, one of the things that um, we need to see from verse 7 and verse 8 is that what the Bible is communicating is that if God recognizes that you are his child, then he will make every effort to train you. And and verse 8 is telling us that if you don't go through this training, then you are not really a legitimate child of God. So this training is something that we should all desire and, and seek to have. Hallelujah. Amen. Because it is the sign that tells you that God deals with you as his child. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's look at verse 11. It says, Now no chastening for the present seems to be joyous, but grievous. It says that training is not something that you enjoy. Hallelujah. Amen. In Ghana, when you go through apprenticeship, it can be very difficult. Is it true? The things you have to do for your master or mistress outside of what you are supposed to be learning. Maybe you went to learn how to make clothing. And you'll be washing. You go, to, you go to market. You're washing dishes. And you wonder, what is all this? So the Bible says that when you're going through training, at the time, it's not pleasant. It's not something that you enjoy and you celebrate and you're usually, you're not happy about it. It says, nevertheless, afterward, it yielded the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them who are exercised thereby. That is, those who actually participate fully. The Bible says that it produces something extremely valuable in the person. Amen. Amen. So, training is something that is good and desirable. And God is going to train us the more because that is the process through which we will change and become like Jesus. 
Now, young couple, a dear Barber Fantitium Dudona, and no money ever far, a bit in your Barber Christo. So, in this year of change, look forward to God dealing with you on a very consistent basis. Sir, a few more, Sakaye, and I sent Sisano. Say, and show young couple, who won the Christo, no one, no one. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So we want to understand a little bit about how, how God does his training. So that when you are experiencing it, you, you, you don't think something strange is happening to you. Hallelujah. Amen. Did you want to know? God's training has three main components. Hallelujah. Amen. That we will talk about. The first one is instruction. Hallelujah. Amen. That is, he teaches you. He points out some things to you. Do this. Don't do that. Stop this. Hallelujah. Amen. And um, in the book of Proverbs, chapter 4, from verse 20 to verse 22, it says that my son. Attend to my words, incline your ear unto my sayings, let them not depart from your eyes, keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Hallelujah. Amen. It says that if you pay attention to what God tells you, what he teaches you, he says that you will find life in that. Hallelujah. Amen. So if God teaches you something and then you learn it and you begin to use it, hallelujah, then you have done well. Hallelujah. Amen. Because that means that you have changed to become consistent with what God taught you. But if he teaches you or he instructs you and you don't learn it, is it because this process we are talking about, it's a process which has many, there's continuous assessment taking place. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So, God is continually checking to see has, have, has, she, has she learned it. And sometimes, something that you think you have learned, after a long time, he will check again. Hallelujah. Amen. You have been paying your tithe, ah, then God will cause some big money to come into your hands. And to, he will check to see that. Hallelujah. Amen. In my whole life, I've been taught I should not steal. Years ago, I was very broke. And I was I went to do some work somewhere. And they paid me about three times what where they were supposed to pay me. Because they thought I had done extra work. And the man was arguing with me that 
I have done the work. I should take the money. Hallelujah. What would you do if it was you? He was insisting, no, it wasn't a small uh, exchange. He said, no, no, no. I was teaching at Legon. He said, you taught three calls. I said, I taught one. He said, no, you taught three. He said, look at the checks. Look, it's your name on one, two, three. Even the coordinator has written that you taught three courses. So, at some point, I was beginning to wonder, did I teach three and I have forgotten? Because the man was very convinced. So, I became confused. He said, you take the checks. You take the checks. Now the money has come into my hands. Me too, I need the money. What should I do? Should I go on chasing them that the money is not for me? Or I should just quietly spend it? Because everybody has signed that the money is for me. If it was you, what will you do? Hallelujah. Amen. See, when you have plenty of money and that happens, you can easily send it back. But God arranged that that only happened, I only happened to me once at the time I was very broke. <laughs> so I had to go on chasing them until eventually they went to check and said, oh, 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 you are right. You didn't teach three courses, you taught one. Bring the rest of the money back. Hallelujah. It was a test. The question is, when God tests you like that, will you pass or not? Have you noticed that sometimes reset can be more difficult than the original examination? <laughs> so it's better to pass the first one. Because as you keep reaching reset number 10, number 15, number 32, now the exam is becoming very difficult. Hallelujah. Amen. And the cost to you is increasing. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So God gives you instruction. He sends you his word. To see, will that be sufficient for you to learn? Hallelujah. Amen. But sometimes we don't learn when he instructs us. You see, a number of times my children have come to me to ask me, Daddy, this thing that they are teaching us in school, what is the use? He said, how will I use this in my future? And I have to explain to them how that thing is useful to them in their future. I don't always succeed in convincing them. Hallelujah. In the same way, when God's word comes to you, you may not see why it's relevant to your life. And so you disregard it. So then God brings you to the next stage of his training. Hallelujah. Amen. The next stage of his training. Because you didn't learn by instruction. So now he must apply pressure. 
Hallelujah. So the second stage, I call it molding. Hallelujah. Molding. You know, did you do, uh, when we were in school, they used to teach us pottery, how to make clay pots and so on. Hallelujah. Amen. And it's a long process. I can't go through that process. But it's a process that is useful to study. But the height of that process is when the, the potter puts the clay on the wheel. And he uses the leg to begin to make it go round. Then he begins to put his thumb on it. And maybe one or one or two other fingers and begins to apply a lot of pressure. And as that pressure is applied to the clay and the wheel is spinning, a shape begins to appear. Depending on how he places his fingers and how much pressure is applied. Hallelujah. Amen. So, Bible says that God is the potter, you are the clay. Hallelujah. Amen. And God speaks to the clay. <laughs> and this clay says he won't change. Hallelujah. Amen. You know God creates by speaking. So, he speaks to the clay. Become holy. And the clay says, I won't. So he picks it up and puts it on the wheel and begins to apply pressure. Hallelujah. And that is not a pleasant process. But we want to look at that process today. Hallelujah. Amen. God's molding. That's the second. If the molding does not work, then it goes to the next stage, which is punishment. Hallelujah. Amen. The next stage. Because you didn't learn when he spoke to you. You didn't learn when he took you through different situations to cause you to learn. Hallelujah. Now he must punish you so that you will get the message. So the punishment, you don't don't have to ever reach that point. Hallelujah. It's not necessary. If you get there, then it means that you are being stubborn. Hallelujah. But after God deals with you like that, you will learn. Hallelujah. You see, in the life of King David, he even killed somebody to take his wife. But later on in his life, they brought one of the most beautiful young women in the kingdom. Young woman, virgin, to be with him. 
Bible says he never touched her until the day he died. Hallelujah. After the man who was taking somebody's wife, after God dealt with him, they brought him his own woman. He he put his hand in his pocket. I I won't touch again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you understanding? Yes. After God deals with you, eventually you will learn. Hallelujah. If after all this you won't learn, then you are becoming a, a, a bastard. Hallelujah. Amen. It's like a childhood doesn't want to stay at home, he's living on the streets. So the parents don't have the opportunity to exercise control. May you not be like that. Hallelujah. Amen. So let's look at how God takes us through the molding process. Now, Let's turn to Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8 from verse 1. This is Moses speaking. He says, All the commandments which I command you this day you shall observe to do that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swore unto your fathers. Hallelujah. Amen. So you see, the, he's telling them that they should just follow the instruction. Hallelujah. Amen. And thou shalt remember all the verse two, all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee or to test thee and to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or no. And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna, which Thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man does not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. Hallelujah. Amen. Verse 4. Thy raiment waxed not old upon thee, neither did thy foot swell these forty years. Verse 5. Thou shalt also consider in thy heart that as a man chasteneth his son, so the Lord thy God chasteneth thee. Hallelujah. Amen. So here we are being told that the people of Israel was chastened by God. Now, the reason is that when God gives you an instruction and you don't see the point, then he, 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 he waits until you disregard what he told you. So that he has an opportunity to show you why he told you to do it in the first place. Hallelujah. Are you following? Because one of the problems is that you don't see the use of his instruction. So when you go and commit the offense, He'll begin to deal with you. Now, he's no longer just going to instruct you. He's going to mold you. Hallelujah. Because you must become his child. And you can't be 
his childhood doesn't look like him. Are you understanding? If you are God's child, you must resemble God. When people inter- interact with you, they must they must perceive God in you. When people deal with you the work away, they must they must they must their minds must be drawn to Jesus. Hallelujah. It's like one day I went to town and Somebody, a stranger, complete stranger. He, I don't even remember where I met the person. He just looked at me and said, Ah, and he mentioned my mother's name. I said, Yes. He said, Ah, you look like your father. I know I met the person before. And it's true. I, I, I have this photo of my father in his 40s. If you see it, you think it's me. The only thing that shows it's not me is that it's a black and white. When you look at the photo, you can, this photo, they didn't take it recently. Hallelujah. It's so close that even my wife was deceived one day. We went to my cousin's house. He had put the photo on his wall. I said, when did you take the photo? Yeah, so my wife was asking when I took the photo. Hallelujah. Amen. That is how you must look like God. Do you understand? What you are saying? That's how you must resemble God. And when people meet you, they experience God from the interaction with you. God's values, God's sense of purpose, God's sense of justice, God's righteousness, God's kindness. Hallelujah. They must experience that from you. There is no father who doesn't care that his children don't look like him or behave like him. Hallelujah. Fathers want their children to either resemble them physically or resemble him in behavior. There's a sense of pride and joy when you see that I produce this thing and it's behaving like me. Hallelujah. Amen. Are, are you following? So, let, let, let's go back to. So, let's look at verse 3. And we'll see three things that God did to chasten them. Hallelujah. Amen. Three things that God did to chasten them. The first one is that it says that he humbled you. Hallelujah. You see, because the the base of your disobedience is pride. In your pride, you can't accept that you must submit to God. So, the first thing God does when he puts you on the wheel is to deal with your pride. What does that mean? And how does he do that? The things that you take pride in, the things that make you feel good and make you feel better than others, 
He begins to go after them. Hallelujah. And for different people, it's different things. You understand? For somebody, it's, it's your intelligence that makes you proud. For somebody, it's your beauty. For somebody, it's your money. Different things or your position at your workplace. So then God lets your junior become promoted to become your boss. Hallelujah. Because you are proud. And you, you might say that it is the witches from your village who are frustrating your promotion. It is not witches. He said he humbled it. It means that this one, God does it himself. He makes it happen. Hallelujah. Amen. He humbled thee. Or he might let uh, you know, something you know, I, I, when I was in when I was in university one time I took a course, when I was taking the course see, for most of my education by God's grace, I am, I am usually uh, close to the top of my class. I had never known what it was like to carry the class. I didn't know what it was like. And, and I thought I was very humble. But God has seen that there was some pride there. Hallelujah. Amen. So, I went to take this course. My advisor said, don't take this course. It's not necessary. You don't have to take it. He said, the combination of courses you have, if, if the combination you are doing this semester is too difficult. Do you know what I told her? Oh, I can handle it. I can handle it. Hey. Then the thing began. The course that I was not supposed to take. That I had been warned I shouldn't take it. Then I, when I go to the lecture, it's like, as pastor says, it's like Kretu that the white man is speaking. The school provided two people to help me. The school paid for two people who are taking the course before to come and help me to understand. I still couldn't understand. I, I, I was wondering what was going on. I've never experienced it before. Then I was there, the professor sent me an email. I am very concerned about your performance in this course. Please make time to come and see me. Hey. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> you, I won't tell you, but <laughs> you can know that by the time that process was over, something had changed in me. That confidence with which I told my advisor that I can handle it, it was not there anymore. Hallelujah. Because that confidence was not based on the grace of God in my life. I didn't say I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's not what I was saying. I was telling her that when I check my background, this one, yeah, we, yeah, <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. And God taught me that something was wrong. Hallelujah. You are married. 
What you, 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 you have an argument with your spouse and then God says, go and apologize. Hallelujah. Are you over there? Go and apologize. It, what is it dealing with? Your pride. Your pride. There's something in you that must go. Because that thing is keeping you from becoming like God. Hallelujah. Amen. So, the Bible says that he humbled them. He made things happen in their lives that will cause them to learn humility. Hallelujah. Amen. He changes your circumstances so that you don't have a reason to be proud about the things you are proud of. Hallelujah. Amen. So this year, expect that God will come after your pride. The things you take pride in. Hallelujah. Amen. The things you take pride in. God is going to come after those things. And if you if you don't see him coming after your pride, then check whether you are willing to submit to him as his child. Hallelujah. Did you understand? If God is not coming after your pride, then it, it suggests that he is not recognizing that you are willing to submit to his process. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's quickly look at the second one. It says that he suffered thee to hunger. Hallelujah. Amen. That is, he allowed you to become hungry. That's the second thing that God did to train them or to mow them. What, what, what does this mean? It means that he, this one, he said, this one, he says that he allowed. You see, the first one, he says that he humbled you. All right? Let's, let's see the differences. The first one, he said he humbled you. I mean, he causes things to happen that will deal with your pride. The second one said he allows things to happen to you to make you go hungry. What does this mean? You see, the way he makes you hungry is that, you see, when the people of Israel were going through the wilderness, they needed food. So God began to supernaturally provide food. Every day. The food would just appear on the ground. They called it manna. After a while, they got tired of it. But this food was supernatural food. It was what was responsible for their longevity. And their health. And how they had the strength to go through the wilderness. 
It was what they needed. But it was not what they wanted. So after a while, some of them refused to eat it. Those who didn't eat it, what happened? They went hungry. And God allowed them to go hungry. Hallelujah. Amen. So when it says that God will allow you to become hungry, that means that he will, he, will, he will permit certain circumstances to change in your life that will keep out of your hands the things that you last for, the things that you greatly desire, the things that you have set your heart on, which sometimes compete with God. So, he will allow circumstances to change so that those things are always out of your reach. Hallelujah. Amen. Because that is what your heart is set on. And not him. And because of that, rather than listen to him, you will do rather what is needed to get that thing you want versus what God wants. Hallelujah. Amen. Did you get that? I said, because of how your heart is set on that thing, you are willing to do whatever you need to do to get it, even if it means disobeying God. So, in order for God to help you to become obedient, he must deal with that thing that your heart is set on. And cause the last in your heart to die. Hallelujah. Amen. That is the purpose of the hunger. That process that produces hunger. So that you will be, your heart will be free to submit to God. Because so long as your heart is seeking those other things, your heart will put God's instructions aside. Those are secondary. Hallelujah. Amen. And as he keeps putting that thing out of your reach, as you try, but you're not getting it, after a while, you realize that your desire for it begins to reduce. Hallelujah. Amen. He's causing you to hunger. Are you understanding what we're talking about? You see, I think I mentioned the other day when I was preaching that these days I don't set my heart, I don't desire anything too much. Because anything that I, I begin to like, power, God says, eh, eh, give it away. If it's money, maybe somebody's, I'm expecting some money. Maybe I've done some work for somebody and they're going to pay me and I'm really waiting. I'll be there. Then he's, he's, when that money comes, go and use it for this. Give it to this person. Hallelujah. Amen. 
You know January is a tight month. Then last week, a friend of mine called me that, oh, come for some money, the work you did for me. I was very, I was very happy. Hallelujah. Amen. And as I was celebrating her, then I heard that voice again. That money, when you get it, <laughs> use it for my work in this area. So my friend said, Oh, you can even come today. I, I, I haven't even gone. Hallelujah. Amen. So anything I said, I hold things lightly now. Hallelujah. He's done it to me so many times. I thought that I have learned the thing and he has stopped. December, he did one to me. And January, he had done to me. It means that the thing I have not learned it well. Hallelujah. So, there's another job where they are going to pay me some money. I, I don't even think about it. When they, when they, when they come to my mind, I say, no, 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 I won't even think about that money. I don't want to think about it. You, when they pay, they should pay it. I won't think about it. I won't make plans. Hallelujah. Do, do you understand? Yes. It will come after the thing that your heart is set on. And it will be like always... Even when, when it's like you are just about to get it, then it, and you think that it is witches who are worrying you, it is not witches. Hallelujah. Amen. It is God molding you. He's putting pressure on some places in your life. Hallelujah. Amen. Are, are you understanding? He's putting pressure. So that you will change. You become like him. him. Hallelujah. Amen. Because the Bible says that if you love money, you don't love God. Hallelujah. Amen. So every every remaining love for money inside me, God is killing it. Hallelujah. Yes, some of us we still love money. Hallelujah. Amen. This year, God may start doing to you what He has been doing to me. Hallelujah. Uh, you guys, He's already doing it to you. <laughs> this year, God is what He's doing to me. I think He will start doing it to you. So that if there is any love for money left in your heart, it will go away so you can know him well. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So you may get some big contract for blocks and you'll be there. God will say, when that money comes, give it to the building project. Please, I'm the committee chairman. When, you, when he says that, just call me. I will show you how to bring the money. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> if 
you really want to go far with God. That's what we are talking about. If you want to go far with God. Sometimes people think that the reason you become a Christian is that God will bless you and you become prosperous and happy. But God calls you to walk with him and be his child. And become like him. Hallelujah. Amen. That is the that is the like the goal of our calling that we will become like him. Hallelujah. Amen. So Jesus said, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Oh, let's do the third one and then we'll go. The third one is that he fed thee with manna which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know. Hallelujah. Amen. What does that mean? You see, manna, that was the food that God provided for them. They had no control over it. God decided what time it will come. God decided where they will pick it up from. Hallelujah. And it was not what they wanted. It was what God believed they needed. Hallelujah. Amen. And the other thing about manna is that if they ignored the rules, there were some rules that God gave them that when you get this food, this is how you must treat it. If they ignore the rules, the food will get spoiled. Hallelujah. Amen. So it means that God now causes circumstances to begin to happen in your life to cause you to lose control. So that you can learn to trust him with your life. So the things that made you believe you have confidence that you are in control and in charge of your life. He begins to remove them. If your confidence is in your job, he, he can cause you to lose your job. And he'll take care of you. But through the process, you will learn that it is not your job that you must worship. Hallelujah. Amen. So he will take, he will change, shake some things in your life and you realize that it's like your whole world is falling apart. And, and you, 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 you are not in control of anything anymore. Hallelujah. Amen. He's molding. Because you must trust him. You must trust him to the point where you depend on him. And the reason you might depend on him is because he is the source of life. So if he permits you to depend on anything or anyone else, you will die eventually. Hallelujah. Amen. So God is going to feed you with manna if you want to walk with him. Hallelujah. Amen. And that means that you won't have control. Hallelujah. Yes, you won't have control. You won't, even your money, you won't control it. There are several times I've been there. Well, all the money I have, then God says, go and give it to this person. And I don't know what tomorrow I will use. But 
You've lost control. And you don't know what will happen tomorrow. But you are there. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. And different people, God will use different things to cause you to give up control of your life. Because we all say, Adumo, Adum. But you know that if that money in your account disappears, you start getting worried. Say, I don't know why. Why are you getting worried? Hmm. <laughs> why worry if the grace is there? <laughs> hmm. Say, I don't know why I'm part. Yeah, I don't know why I'm Hallelujah. Amen. The grace of God works. So if you really believe what you have been saying that it is by grace. Okay, let's see. Hallelujah. Amen. So this year, God is going to tell you, let's see. A number of times through the year. Hallelujah. When he does that, don't start praying against witches and sending fire to your hometown. It's Hamatan. If you send fire to your hometown. Bad things may happen. Don't send fire to your hometown. Hallelujah. Know that God is shaking things so that you will give up control of your life and trust Him. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So these three things God does when He wants to mold you, He humbles you. You'll be then people will start saying things about you that are not true, and God will say, Keep quiet. Don't respond. Don't clear your name. And you see what it will do to your pride. Hallelujah. Amen. You are somebody you are a type you don't tolerate nonsense. This year, God will create some situations where in question seven, until you learn humility. <laughs> Hallelujah. So he humbles you. He humbles you. Hallelujah. Amen. He humbles you. And he causes you to hunger. Now, to deal with the idols. The idols. The idols that you don't want to admit are idols. You see, like when you wake up early in the morning to get to work on time, but you come to church late. There's an idol that is making you do that. Hallelujah. Amen. When you stay late for work or you work on weekends, where's Imanadi? He said yesterday his boss said he went to work. You go to it, you don't complain. But let Pastor say we are staying on another 30 minutes. It is because there's an idol in your heart. So, there's an, there's, there's an idol in your heart. But you will never ad- ad- admit. You will never admit. Hallelujah. 
So God comes after it. If he's not coming after it, so you should be very concerned. Then he said, Hallelujah. Amen. So he makes you he'll make you go hungry. And then when you are hungry, he'll give you manna which you don't want. <laughs> but which will sustain you. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible says for 40 years they walked through the wilderness, their feet did not swell. Supernaturally, their clothes grew on them. Their clothes never wore out. Their shoes never wore out. Supernaturally. Hallelujah. Amen. So he will feed you with manna so that you will trust him. That he might make thee know that man does not live by bread only, but by every word. You see, because you have not learned that your life is based on every word that God speaks to you. That is why you are disobeying him. The reason why you you didn't listen to his instruction and he had to go to the molding stage is because you do not understand that your life is derived from every word that proceeds from his mouth. You didn't understand it. So he's going to do these three things until to make you to know that it is the word he speaks to you that is what your life is in. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's please rise up to our feet. Until you know that man shall not live by bread alone. This morning you want to pray. You want to ask God, Father, take me through your training process. Take me through your training process. Because I want to be fully legitimate, a fully legitimate son, fully legitimate daughter. So, Father, I pray this morning, take me through your training process. This year, Lord, mold me so that I will, I will change. This morning, Pastor was speaking about change, speaking passionately about change. Pray that the words that you heard from Pastor this morning will affect you deeply. Hallelujah. Amen. Because you, 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 if you listen to instruction, then you don't have to go to molding and then get to punishment. So talk to the Lord this morning. That Father, I submit myself to training. I submit myself to your training. I submit myself to your training. 